Hello, you're listening to Nif Manasi in Asia on Reasoning with Prejudice. In this podcast, we'll entertain you as we debate on topics that are sometimes meaningful, sometimes lighthearted, but always interesting. And you don't even have to give us a penny for our thoughts. So, um, welcome back uh, to Reasoning with Prejudice. I don't know if there's any religious listeners all over here. I mean, there must be because this is the best podcast on earth. Uh, but if you've noticed, Manasi has not been the on episodes for the past couple of episodes. She's been quite busy. Uh, Manasi is doing absolutely fine. She's just been busy. Um, actually, we all have, to be fair. That's why um, the frequency of our postings has reduced quite a lot. Um, as you know, Asia and I are both in our second year of medicine. I recently got COVID over Christmas. I was in self-isolation. Asia was pissed at me. She ruined all the plans. And she made sure I knew that. Niv, shut up. We have company. Oh, hi there, Isaac. I didn't see you there. (laughs) Hello. I just (laughs) conveniently walked into the room just in time for this segment. Hello. Um, Go for it. Do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, Yeah, I'm Isaac. I am Asia's boyfriend. So I got onto the podcast through nepotism alone. Uh, It's the best way into things. Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) I aim to be embarrassing her for at least half of it. That's the goal. Um, Why did I ever yeah. invite you? No, I we've been doing that for, since the beginning, so you know what? It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club, Isaac. Um, it's good to have you on board. Do you want to say a little bit about yourself? Or... Uh, yes, yeah, so I am 20 years old. I am currently working as tax accountant, which is the most interesting job. Uh, definitely what everyone's <laughs> tuning in to hear about, I'm sure. Uh, that's the next podcast topic, actually. Yeah, Going to accountancy. <laughs> that, that will get all the listeners, yeah. trust me. Stay tuned um, for that, guys. It's going to be an awesome <laughs> one. I think I, half the people listening have just turned the podcast off by now. So honestly, if you're still here, you're a trooper. Congratulations. Yeah, true fan. <laughs> true fan right there. <laughs> so this week's topic was brought up by Isaac, so he can introduce the topic as well. Yeah, so I went for something quite broad. Um, but something you could probably go quite deep into. So the, the idea of fears, um, whether that's phobias specifically that you're actually afraid of whether it's worries you have in your life you know just that sort of general topic so there's quite a lot we could talk about with that yeah i think so i think um i read this post like a while ago but it said like fear is like evolutionary tactic it is designed to keep you out of dangerous way but it can also be paralyzing and bad and you know how fear is it's not exactly the best feeling ever Mm -hmm. has its pros and cons doesn't it Mm. so what are your fears? What are your fears? Let's start with that. The most basic questions. Mm-hmm. Um, the fear of being alone forever. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That kind of sounds like uh, Augustus Waters from uh, what's his Fortnite Stars fear. He was scared of oblivion, people forgetting who he is mm. after his death. But. See, I don't get that. Like, I think we talked about this before, but you're like scared of not leaving a mark or something. Yeah. And I'm just like, no. I just want to live and be happy, and that's that will be enough for me. So your fear is that while you're alive, you're not going to have that happiness because yeah. you fear being isolated or not understood by the people around you. Yeah. I don't care about being remembered. I just want to be, like, loved by people who are in my life now. Mm. But I don't know, then, what's what's the point of living? I remember um, a couple of uh, weeks ago, uh, Rahul and I were in London, and we were walking through this... Um, cemetery i don't know it was just my idea i was like we'll walk to the cemetery and we were walking we were like reading the names of the graves and stuff and i took pictures of some because it was so sad to think people who have lived in 1869 or died in 1869 or sometime 
ages ago and they're just forgotten nobody knows they existed so i took pictures on my phone like sometime in the future i'd look at them and remind myself who they are uh there's one grave about um a five-year-old girl and their parents put the gravestone saying to our darling daughter loved by all it was so sad to see that girl would be forgotten forever doesn't that scare you Mm. no because the people who when while she is remembered she's remembered by people who like actually matter whereas if you're like famous and you're remembered like years into the future by people who you didn't care about like it's not meaningful to you yeah i will say i feel like my perspective on it is once i'm dead i mean who knows what happens after death but assume it's just a infinite nothingness yeah. it's like i'm really not gonna care if i remember because i'm not gonna care about anything i don't i won't have any feelings i'd much rather yeah, I feel it in I, the moment <laughs> i i fully expected isaac to say that but the thing is i'm living right now and i want my life to have meant something otherwise like so many people have lived in the past so many people have died what's the use like what was the purpose of their life now we're just getting into a bigger question, which is, what is the meaning of life? <laughs> okay, that's a good point. But you're trying to rationalise with my fear, which is not... We can't rationalise with fears. I guess, yeah. And I suppose that is the whole point of irrational phobias, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It's not a phobia. It's just like a passing thought, and then I'm just, mm. I am just get freaked out. I'm like, okay, stop thinking then. <laughs> yeah, it just has to slip into like an existential crisis, you know, yeah. my weekly part <laughs> where I freak out about future. I think we all have those. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not weekly. Well, you know... The podcast was a good release for us because I used to think uh, when when we had the weekly episodes um, recording, I was like, I could freak out. It was a good release escape for me. Now it's just all bottled up inside. (laughs) 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 Just just like, oh. oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but we're freaking out now, so it's all good. (laughs) This is going to be an extra long episode. The best time to freak out is when it's on the internet and anyone can listen to it. That's what I've always said. I stick by that. (laughs) <laughs> says the guy who has two followers on his Instagram both oh, wow okay calling me out I didn't know this was a popularity contest on this podcast well it is Isaac we want to have guests who influence and get this it's, listeners it's yeah. a good thing my fear isn't being unpopular good point um, but I think we went on a massive tangent on it <laughs> yes you were talking about your fears is it just that because I'm pretty sure I've seen you scream at spiders before oh yeah spiders are like the worst do you know what the definition of a phobia is? Definition of phobia? Is it like an irrational fear yeah, or something? Yeah, it's an irrational fear, right? Mm-hmm. Now, with spiders, right, I don't really think that it's irrational because you know, like, what damage spiders can cause? Like, they can bite you. And have you seen, like, some of the, like, pictures of pe- of spider bites? And, oh, my God, some of them are so traumatising. Like, a fear of getting that is not irrational. Okay, um... You did medicine, correct? Uh, do you not see pictures of illness, people dying? Um, yeah. And do you not see car crashes? Doesn't you, mean you I'm do. not scared. Of course I'm scared of that the as well. odds of you coming across a poisonous uh, spider when you're living in the UK, in Solihull, where there's no forest around, no, is no. quite low compared to you dying in a car crash no. in, when you're going to Birmingham. No, but a fear is not logical. It's based on survival instinct. So I'm saying that when people di- do see spiders... It like triggers something because mm. they don't want to end up. Yeah, like, so in the picture. what you're saying is it's a fear not based on statistic but emotional reaction, therefore making it illogical, therefore or rational. I think is what we said at first, therefore making it a phobia. Yeah, but it's still not irrational because it's logical. Okay, so if it's so, like a daddy long legs, 
which you can tell is not going to yeah. bite you and you're no. scared. I would say that's irrational. There's no danger there and you're aware of it. No, but... but no, I think <laughs> they're just trying to rationalise an irrational fear, but the definition of phobia, I think, medically at least, it's medically diagnosable. And um, oh. I remember when I was going through um, counselling, she used to say, nobody, like, you see would, like, have... Pho- you can't diagnose someone having phobia because when they have phobia, it's intense. Like... Um, I remember apparently she had a patient who said who used to come in and say, "Oh, I have an intense fear of uh, knives." Mm-hmm. And then if she comes into the room, apparently she scours the room to like to search for knives everywhere and the nooks and corners. Mm-hmm. And then that's a fear. Like when you search and then you're constantly aware: is there a knife behind me? Is there a knife there? Is there a knife there? Uh-huh. The same thing with spiders. Um, I saw this video where this doctor is explaining fear of spiders. When you have a phobia of spiders. Is that when you look for spiders and it's affecting you, you can't talk, your attention is everywhere except on the person in front of you looking for spiders. And your worst fear is when you don't find a spider. Because mm. you're like, it's being sneaky now. It's going to bring I all see. its friends to kill me. So it's like, a fear can be something like you just don't really like yeah. when it sounds like a phobia. Yeah. is like, that's just, you're constantly thinking about constantly. it. Constantly. Ah, just... interesting. I genuinely didn't know that. Yeah. See, you learn something new every day. <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite scary, like, Anyone could get a phobia, but phobia is like when it stops you from performing mm. what you normally do properly. Mm. What other fears do you have? Uh, the sea. Mm. I share that one with you. Oh. I used to not be scared of the ocean. Then I think just watching nature documentaries and mm. like Jaws and whatnot, oh, films like Jaws that. Jaws did it's it just for me. like. All of a sudden, I wouldn't have cared about the ocean. I would have happily gone on a, a boat ride and be fine. Now it's like, yep. No, the sea is full of dangerous and scary things. And I was like, got this image in my head of like treading water in the middle of the ocean, like nothing else around, just seeing a giant shadow oh, no. like move underneath me. It's like, no, that is nightmare fuel for me right there. Yeah. That is, it would never happen realistically, but just the, the image is scary. Yeah. I don't know. I think that was pretty cool. You'd think that would be cool. About to be eaten. Not eaten, but like stuff underneath you. It's like a whole. Oh, the world is underneath you. It and it's about nice. to come meet you with jaws and teeth and whatnot. That's right. <laughs> you get a real close-up look at this other world for about five seconds. Before you die. No, I don't know. I just love the ocean. It's like, you, I think what you're scared of is like fear of the unknown. To some yeah. Yes, I would agree with that, actually. Yeah, it's just that maybe it's that there's a lot of intersection between the ocean and things that are unknown. It's like how so much of it is still unexplored. Yeah. It's like you see all those deep sea creatures and you're just like, oh, no, nope, I would never... Well, obviously, if you came to contact with those, you'd probably be crushed by pressure. But in theory, you would not want to come face to face with one of them. And it's yeah. like, I think you're right, but it's just that fear of not knowing really what's <laughs> there yeah, yeah, I get is that. terrifying. Like, it is beautiful, like, I get it, but you can you can admire beauty from a distance. Well, it's like how some poisonous spiders might be beautiful yeah you still would not want to go and meet them <laughs> do you actually consider spiders like beautiful i think some of them could be yeah. i think if they're like really colorful yeah or whatever. like you know what i mean like some like poisonous creature those bright colors and they think oh wow that looks really pretty please don't come anywhere near me i will be terrified mm. you know but like if you're talking about fear of a known are you scared of the dark or the depth yeah i can't sleep without the light no same same i will say it's like it does feel irrational where like, I go through a walk in the woods in the daytime. Like, oh, what a nice stroll. If I go through that same walk alone at like midnight, even though technically like, there's probably nothing to be scared of, it's just 
like ten times scarier. I think there is something to be scared of walking at night, though. Well, even somewhere which I know is safe, because my friend had like you can't know somewhere is safe. Well, I have a better idea. Cause my friend had this like woods that was adjacent to his house mm. that basically no one ever went in except like when he walked was walk his dogs, and we just walked right next to his That's house. That's what makes it unsafe. No one goes through it. If you yell for help, who's gonna come? Well, no, we were right next to his house. Oh. Well, basically in that like, back garden, but even just walking through that, I felt terrified. Like it's just instinctively. It just Imagine makes you feel scared. Imagine being no, that's like fear is like double. Yeah, it's that's the thing. That's the thing. I feel like things, anything is a lot less scary when you have one other person with you. But when you're on your own, I think anything can be like, scary at if that I'm point. I'm dying. I want company. <laughs> <laughs> I think it has to do with like my imagination as well. I feel like. Oh yeah, you just like insert things which definitely aren't there. Be like, what if they were there? Yeah, exactly. And then, like that hypothetical, just when it's dark it can so much more easily become reality because you can't actually see what's there. It's like Schrodinger's invisible monster, you know, like until you have proof oh, yeah. that it's there, oh, it, it good, exists. That's actually a good way of looking at it. Yeah, exactly. Because I've been lying in my university bed and then if it's pitch black, I'm like, what if there's someone beneath your bed? And then I was like, come on, shut up, man. You know there's not. I was like, how do you know? I, I, do you know for sure? Mm. Switch on the light and see. Yeah. Like, do you see what I mean? Like, yeah. as long as you switch on the light, the person's both there and not there at the same time. Exactly. Showing us. That's exactly. a good way to put it. I love it. <laughs> what mm. fears do you have, Isaac? Um, well, some of those are the same. I also have got this... I would say, like, fear of dying alone. I think more is the fear of dying. Because, mm. like, when I like, try to think about it, when I do, it's just like, oh, my God, man. I don't want to go too deep, but it's just like... We have this... As far as, you know, obviously, I don't believe in an afterlife. If mm. you do, that's a different matter. But from my perspective, I have this one chance to live. I've got... I've been through about probably a quarter of it already. And after that, it's just going to be literally nothing for eternity. Like, that is... When I, like, sit still just think about it, it's like, that is a terrifying thought. Then it makes me sad, so I just don't think about it. I think about something else entirely. Mm. Um, it depends yeah. what you, like, think about what will happen when you... Do- I think we did a podcast on this, actually. What happens when we die? Go and check it out. It's good. But, great um, plug. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great plug. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I like to believe that, like good things that will happen when you die and that like i guess it's a coping mechanism mm. so to be honest like i think asia kind of knows about this when i started med school like i asked before starting med school i had no experience with death and my granddad died but that was when i was really young mm. um when i saw uh, and they literally like put dead bodies in front of you as cadavers for you to dissect that was like close up with death and that kind of triggered something in my mind. I was like, oh, you're, the people you love are going to die. You're going to die. And that really hit me. And I, that, that went into a proper panic at that stage mm. about dying. Because, like, what's after death? You're going to be separated. And that fear of unknown, I think, mm. is quite scary. Like, you don't know what awaits. Um, because you won't have people with you when you die. I think a lot of our fears, like the, the common ones, are, like you say, like, instinctive because it's helped us survive. Like, fear mm. of the dark. We don't know what's in the dark. There could be predators in there. Let's not go in there without a light. You know, fear of being alone or like the idea of things are scary when you're alone might be something to do with the fact that humans are by nature like really social animals. Out, yeah. We're like a pack creature. Like we would not have survived as a species if we like hunted did everything alone. Really, like we we need to support each other. So when we're alone for ages, our we just don't like it. Like our mm. brains are not wired mm. to deal with life just on our own. What other fears do you have? I tell you what, I used to hate clowns. I feel like this is one of those ones where it's like people are fifty fifty on this. Like, do you did you guys ever find clowns scary? No. no. 
I thought they were terrifying as a kid. Like, I, not so much anymore. Not as... No, I actually find them more scary now because of all the, like, gr- I guess grown-up stuff that comes with clowns. Mm. Like, they make it scary, but as a kid, it's, like, supposed to be funny, so I found it funny. Mm, I don't know, maybe, like, I'd already, like, seen, like you say, that sort of, like, idea of clowns as a scary thing. I think a lot of it did come from it and, like... yeah. That that killer clown image, but I just I never liked them. Because as a child. I was, we were only exposed to it recently. Before mm. it used to be Mr. Tumble. Oh yeah, do you um, not like Mr. Tumble? No, you guys can't see. I was shaking my head violently. to say hello. He does sign language and stuff. Who doesn't love Mr. Yeah. Tumble? Yeah. What about you? Um. So this is the thing, right? I used to believe for a brief period of time that I had no fears. Mm-hmm. Because nothing would scare me. I was reckless. and Literally nothing would scare me. When was this? When you were like a dumb child? Um, actually, before, before... Or a dumb adult. When I was reading Divergent, actually. Oh, okay. And then I was trying to imagine my fear landscape, and literally nothing would come to mind. Because what was, what was I scared of? Nothing. I would watch horror movies, like lots of them. I love them, in fact. Yeah, so what, what am I scared of? Uh, okay, one thing I realised after starting med school. I am terrified of losing people I love. People who are close to me. You needed med school to figure that out. No, I knew that before, but it hit me hard. Mm. Like, when you go to med school, and then you're like, yeah, it hits you. Mm. Um, I think it's when you, like, face it, like, here's your fear, look at it. And then mm. you're like, oh my god, that's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, it's like an unspoken thing that if someone you love dies, like, that's that's something that you're always afraid of. Like, that's, like, the downside of loving someone is that you're scared that they're... You're constantly scared that they're going to be lost mm. i think for me it's the irreversible forever part it's like death is like final so if someone i love die i'm never getting them back mm. that's that's one thing because losing someone i love i might fight with someone and they say they might say i'm never talking to you again but i know people can change but death is like final there's no change from it they yeah. can't come back to life that final irreversible hopeless feeling hope okay that's a new fear feeling hopeless, hopeless. Uh. when when i feel incapable of helping something or just hopeless mm. and helpless that's it's a very bad. frustrating feeling isn't it when like you know there's something or someone you want to help or like a problem you want to solve but you also know that there's no not way you can yeah. and it's all like it's not your place to um like you shouldn't mess it's like oh that that's that feeling sucks have you got an example um yeah without like going into details i suppose i've I've had a few friends who've struggled with depression yeah. and suicidal thoughts and it's like of course you want to help them like as much as you oh, can yeah and you know you can always let them you know know you're there for them you'll love them support them through whatever they want you know you'll do whatever you can but sometimes when you can't just force yourself like into their lives if they like need space or time mm. that you could just make the situation worse and it's like also i'm aware that i'm not a therapist i don't have the know-how to mm. deal with something serious as that i don't want to try and go out and say hey have you tried taking long walks you know just some of that like advice that yeah. never really works for different people it's like you just sort of do what you can and watch on and feel helpless it's horrid it's a horrid feeling that's it's like you, when someone's suffering from mental illness you can't do anything except watch them literally struggle it'll be like um, you know when you when you take a fish out of water and mm. you're like struggling to live it's like that when someone has a panic attack or like when you're going through depression they literally 
suffering to breathe, and you can literally just watch. You can't do yeah. anything. Else. You can't do anything except that feeling, just watching the fish suffer. And the fish being the person you love, by the way. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the classic movie. analogy, yeah. <laughs> yeah like I don't think many people feel too bad about... I mean, sure, some people do, but I don't think it's like a, you know, really yeah. depressing if you see a fish flopping around. That would be depressing. Well, Probably not to the same level, though. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you dissected a fish after your fish died. <laughs> <laughs> it died! I did not kill it. I didn't watch it die, like, and not help it. Okay, okay, she's got she's a like, point. She's like, came to me as a psychopath. <laughs> 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 um... Yeah, but like that was scientific curiosity, just mm-hmm. to sorry, just clarify. My fear is I'll die in mysterious circumstances and Asia will dissect my body. That's a new fear that I've only very, very recently <laughs> Wait, that's discovered. The that's the thing, right? If if someone be, both of us know dies, she's gonna look like the Winnie the Pooh. Like no one's gonna suspect her. Everyone's gonna think it's me. <laughs> if she kills someone, the blame's gonna come on me. <laughs> Is that something you're scared of being blamed for? I feel like you're very, very capable of that. You're smart enough to pull it off. Mm. People really? will believe, okay, out of me and Asia, I seem more like the psychopath. 100% people will think, you know what? My money's on Niv. Niv did it. <laughs> yeah. I also crazy. think you'd be quite good at, like, I feel like you'd be able to say with a straight face that like, you didn't do it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of scared now. I'm going to get take out some life assurance. <laughs> well,. Just, like, to put your mind at rest, if you do get killed by unfortunate circumstances, yeah. just know that your body will be used for scientific advancement. I don't know. I don't... I'm not... I'm not scared... Like, scared of many things. I feel like if I was, I'd try hard to, like, beat it. Um, I used to have stage fright. I used to hate it. But then I constantly put myself in situations where I'm like, go, talk, give the speech, give the speech. I was forced to. And at one point, it just stopped being scary. I just mm. didn't... I started enjoying the attention even, like... Mm. Same bad. same with me with talking to people. Like, I used to be this, like, shy kid who, like, hate... I, I still, like, get scared talking to new people, but it's, like, not that bad anymore, and sometimes I do enjoy it. hmm Yeah. Yeah, I used to get pretty bad stage fright because I would do uh, singing festivals and things, like, not mm. proper, like, ones, but I'd still be competing and performing in front of a bunch of random yeah. people and judging them and whatnot and that terrified me especially as a younger child and like i think seeing as well it's quite exposing because you're having to just like project your whole voice and like yeah. something about it, it just terrified me and like i would do this thing where i would clam up like i'd be in the middle of a note and then my throat would just tighten oh, no. and it would cut out halfway through the song i have to like take a swallow take a breath and keep going and it would happen every time and like as you say the more i did it the less nervous i got the more i just thought I'm going to go out there, enjoy myself. Mm. If it's good, whatever. If it's not, I can laugh about it. I think the most recent like, performance I did was a musical and I just enjoyed it so much. I was just having so much fun that I genuinely didn't even think about the audience. Um, mm. I was just like, I'm just enjoying performing this. And that's like the only time I've ever like, performed where I haven't felt like like I was being like observed and that really helped, I think. Because that was the only time I never had that weird throat thing happened to me and same with public speaking the exact same issue i think um in psychology or psychiatry there's something called exposure therapy like what you Mm -hmm. said it's just like exposing you to your fear to know to show you you know what look there's nothing to be scared of because you you're scared of something because it potentially puts you in danger Mm -hmm. but having gone through it or going through it multiple times shows you you're not in danger asia do you have any more fears 
yeah so there's this fear i think i um it's like this irrational fear that is like quite recent and uh, i told shwetha this shwetha is nif's sister and Shreda's really annoyed at me because then I made her scared of it as well. So, like, <laughs> listen at your own risk, right? So, basically, it's the fear that when you go to the toilet, something will, like, come up and bite your butt while you're on the toilet. And, like, yeah, that's the fear. So oh To be honest, God. I think if you live in Australia, that's probably not too irrational. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... Or something to swim up. Yeah, like an alligator or like a snake or something. Or um, like... that actually happened in one of the episodes in Grey's Anatomy. Really? They literally pulled something out of the woman's um, yeah, something that swam up. Oh, uh, and there's someone who's like uh, who tried to pee in the wild. Something swam up the urine stream. Oh yeah, yes, I've heard, of, I've this. heard of this thing. I don't know where it is or what it's called. It's like this parasite that lives in this one specific body of water. Yeah. If you urinate into it, it can swim like swim a visual like. Stream. I saw what happened to someone who urinated like from land and it basically jumped the distance and it can get lodged like in your urethra and it has these spikes yeah. that oh. shoots out to lodge it. To get it out, they have to cut around <gasps> the spikes and pull it oh, out. Yeah. It is apparently incredibly painful. So maybe it's a good, a good thing in general just to not pee in large bodies of water, I guess. <laughs> yeah, don't pee in the wild, guys. <laughs> yeah, pee at your own discretion. <laughs> Do we have like any fears on what people think about you? I feel like that's like a common fear. Oh, Insecurities. Yeah. Ah... I usually don't care that much what other people think. <laughs> usually I just go out, do something stupid, and uh, it's like, I've uh, acknowledged at uh, this point. You literally walked down to get water with Asia and be like, was I okay? <laughs> Clearly you don't care. That's a good point, actually, yeah. <laughs> no, no, you got me there. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it, it depends. Like, I think the difference is if I'm doing something for someone or like, you know, because in the example of this podcast, I don't want to ruin your podcast by being crap. If it's just for me, if I'm the only one who's going to face repercussions, Mm. I usually don't care. Like, I've done some really embarrassing and weird stuff in the past, probably, in, like, in public areas, and just, like, like, eh, I don't know these people, it's fine. No, yeah, I usually get more embarrassed if it's people I remember. Like, you know Mm. how you were talking about the stage fright thing in front of, like, people you don't know? For me, that would be fine. Like, I'm more self-conscious and like insecure with people i know and i care about their opinions Mm. i think that's true for a lot of people though right like because if it's someone you never meet like it'll be an embarrassing memory like 2am when you're trying to sleep but it's someone you know like every time you see them you're like they probably remember that time i did that really embarrassing thing oh god oh god you know (laughs) oh god oh god yeah (laughs) i think i think it plays with your own insecurities the worst things that you think about yourself you don't want other people to know that or think that same thing, so that becomes the fear. So I think mm. this question is like, what are your insecurities? What what do you fear about yourself? That um, I'm not interesting enough. Do you remember the two week thing that we had? Um, yeah, it's a two week explain course. Explain it. Uh, so this was like four, four, five years ago, I think. Mm. And um, I think I don't know why this topic came into place. Asia was like oh, I think I'm not interested. I was like, okay, we'll have a two-week challenge during our half-term, or one-week challenge during our half-term, where you do new things every day that I tell you to do. And then you will you will realise that you're not actually not interesting. I think that was a double negative. That you are actually interesting. <laughs> That's a better way to put it. Um, I think I used to come up with the most weird challenges. Like, oh, taking photographs with, like, random strangers. Yeah. <laughs> Which Isaac got pulled into as yeah. well. Yeah. It's an initiation um, challenge for joining our 
friendship group. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there um, are some interesting ones of those for sure. Yeah. But I got to say, if you don't, if you're worried that you're not interesting, recording a podcast where people are just listening to you speak about your thoughts and opinions, that's sort of like I imagine you would have wanted to do something like that, right? Because I mean, people yeah. are listening; they clearly care about what you have to say. Um, I've disagreed with Asia about this so many times. Um, I think at this point I've just given up <laughs> because I've told her that's not true, but she doesn't believe me. So it's mm. like you can't if someone has an irrational, you can't rationalize it. Kind yeah. Of thing. So, mm. um, you just gotta let them come to the realization by themselves, I guess. Mm. I am really scared people won't like me. It's like become an addiction kind of thing. Mm. It's like yeah. oh, I, I just have to be liked. I just have to. I think because um, since I was a little kid. Um, uh, I've been like the favorite in my family, like I because I was the first kid in my whole family with like twelve people, and I was the only kid, so I got everything I wanted, spoiled, mm. and I was the favorite. And then when someone puts you in a place where you're like, oh, you're charming, you're nice, you're like people like you, I just feel every second, what if tomorrow I wake up and people don't like me? Mm. You you want to live up to that, and then you're like constantly living in the fear that you're gonna drop out of the pedestal. Like your value as a person is based on what. Yeah. How much you can be like approved of by yeah, other people exactly. rather than based on what you think of yourself. That's that's very true. Um I actually had this conversation with um do you remember Cameron? We went to school yeah. with him. Uh yeah, I had a conversation with him in um one of the lessons and then because he used to be like, Oh, you know, there's no 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 reason you're gonna do bad an exam. I was like, Stop saying that because you're keeping me on a pedestal and you're saying, Oh, I'm not gonna fall. And I'm just constantly like scared that I'm gonna fall. Yeah, but I, I get what you mean. Like when people have really high expectations of you, you either you either struggle to meet them, and then you feel like a failure. Or if you do meet them, people go, "Okay, like that's what I was expecting of you," rather than yeah. say, "Oh my god, you know, yeah. you're going above and beyond." It's yeah. like, "Oh, you're consistently perform- like, achieving well." Okay, great. Well, if in the future you ever stop doing that, that's going to be really bad for you mentally. Cause you're going to think, "I've like lost my worth as a high performer." What Cameron said was like, when you're on the pedestal, it's less likely that you would fall. That's why you're on the pedestal. But mm. then my point is, uh, it's less likely that I would survive if I fall. Mm. Ah, I like that. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking about yeah. it. So basically, never give your friends compliments is the moral of the story. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like... <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I feel like I, I have a sort of similar thing. I feel like I worry that sometimes I'm too much of a people pleaser. Yeah. And I will just like roll over and let people get what they want because I don't want to upset anyone. Yeah, exactly. Um, And it's like very sort of instinctive in me. I have a very hard time saying no to people, Mm -hmm. Um, which I suppose isn't always like a bad thing all the time, but sometimes it can, especially in a work environment, like that's not always the best trait to have. Um, So yeah, that's something I'm a bit insecure about. I'm also insecure that I can be like too much for people on like mm. first meetings because I speak a lot and quite loudly usually I think and I'm like, that can be in people's yeah. face too much I think if like you can be insecure about that but then if people can't deal with it then they're not like right for you like right for your life kind of thing I suppose that's true but yeah. you can say that about anything though yeah because it's true but... like if people don't like you this is like my thing like yeah. I don't care if people don't like me because I have people who do like me Mm. And I'm okay with that. Like, I don't care if, if, like, the person, I don't know, in my medicine group doesn't like me for some reason because 
they don't like know me properly and if they did get to know me then maybe they would like me mm. yeah yeah because i've had quite a few people tell me like oh is it when i first met you i thought you were weirdo and i didn't want to speak to you but then since i was forced to hang out with you and so and so i've actually got to know you better and i like you as a friend a like, lot of people say that to me as well yeah it's like interesting to know that like if we weren't forced to hang out because some of the people i'm really good friends with now and i really get along well like if it was just like our initial like few me- first meetings they would not have chosen to hang out with me like again like they've told me that mm. and it's been like i sort of i can sort of understand that like some people you need to get used to i feel like sometimes i wonder like, how many potential good friends have i like not yeah. made because like first impressions were bad you know well if it makes you feel any better like my first impression of you was like positive of course it was. No, but like um, th- there's also a YouTuber I used to watch. She's really like um, she gives life advice and kind of philosophical stuff. Mm. And she always says like, always go on a second date, like always go on a second meeting because the first meeting always is like the person's nervous or the person might be going through something. So you always need that second thing to decide if you actually like them or not. Mm. So. Unless they talk about their hobbies of murdering people on the first date. <laughs> okay, in which yeah. case well, I, in I, which I wouldn't I wouldn't risk giving them the benefit of the doubt <laughs> I feel like if they did that it would be a joke though because a real murderer wouldn't actually give you don't know there's some crazy people some, yeah there's some crazy people out there you never know okay some of them want the attention they might carry a satchel bag full of butchering knives <laughs> <laughs> who would do that <laughs> oh. uh, by the way um, Isaac has a satchel that he carries <laughs> no one knows what's in it by the way I know uh, what's in it well, except <laughs> it might have the heart of his ex-girlfriends in it oh my god imagine how do you guess <laughs> now it's really creeping up what's in the bag Isaac uh, just my materials Oh Tear my god, rolls. that sounds more creepy. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? Things I use on a day-to-day basis. Like a butchering knife? No comment. <laughs> okay, that's a fear of my unknown. I'm, I'm scared of the bag right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's in the bag. It's like sitting there staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> and you never will. <laughs> One day I will, I, will, I will grab it down. <laughs> I'm seeing what's in it. But yeah. Okay, let's think about our first impressions. What were your first impressions of each other? Go on. Oh, am I going to go first here? Yeah. Let's be honest here, okay? Full honesty. Okay. Uh, my first impressions were that you seemed very interesting. It seemed like the things you talked about were interesting to me. Um, you seemed a little bit shy, but I think as we've spoken about before, like, mm. I feel like you, you once you like get to know someone, you come more into your own at first you can be a bit more like reserved um but yeah you seem like really fun to talk to the conversations flowed really easily i mean there were some awkward moments as there are with all first dates like you know the awkward silences but yeah no you seem like really really interesting person and really easy to talk to so those are my first impressions this is where i hear back i thought you were horrid and honestly it's lucky that you got a second date mate (laughs) (laughs) um say that (laughs) I can take it. I can take it. (laughs) I'd say, like, you were pretty lucky to get a second date because, only because I'm a pretty socially awkward person and, like, meeting new people is, like, hard. Like, I had to force myself to do it, I think. Mm. Um, But I always have to do that when meeting new people because otherwise I would, like, never meet anyone new and it would just, like, yeah, my life would just be stationary line. Mm. 
Yeah, that's a tangent though. Um, <laughs> There's a good way of avoiding the question. <laughs> um, first impressions. You were really friendly and your energy was like really positive, mm-hmm. which I liked. That's what she told me. First thing she said was like, it's very positive. <laughs> energy. Take that, take that. Yeah. I just, I just love like happy people because yeah. it mm-hmm. makes me happier. I think that was my first impression of you. I thought you were like quite bubbly, just so happy mm-hmm. to be around, you know, just joking around all the time. Even if the jokes are a bit lame, you carry it well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought he was quite bubbly and he seemed like really good for Asia. I told her that like as well. Um, I thought their personalities are quite good um, for each other. Asia, I don't actually remember when I first met her, but... But what I do remember, I thought she was really friendly. Because, really? Yeah, because I remember I was a new kid. I was friends with Rachel. Mm. And you were Rachel's friend. You didn't have to be friendly with me. Yeah. And you still were. And then we started hanging out quite a lot. And then I guess I just got used to her. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> I just got used to all her um, weird antics, I guess. Mm. But, Yeah. Well, my first impressions of you was like, you were the weird new kid. Weird? Yeah, you were weird because I remember you were in my maths class and you were just sat in the corner like doing your own thing. I was like, what is she doing? Because I was, I was too smart to do what you dumb kids were doing. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so I thought that was weird. I was like, why is she doing her own thing? Like, why is she in the class if she's not going to pay attention? And then I remember you like threw a calculator at someone. Oh, no. I was like, what the hell is she doing? Oh, I bought a cal- By the way, I did not. that was not an act of violence. I'm a very, very uh, peaceful person right. uh, most of the time. Um, I, was- have, I have videos in Okay, this. no. <laughs> 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 that is an okay, no. <laughs> I don't think we'll be showing them that. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that. Okay, but, go on. Um, I borrowed a calculator with somebody and then... I didn't want to walk across the classroom and they said, okay. chuck it at me. And I threw it. It didn't hurt anybody. It landed on the wall. It didn't break. There was like a loud noise and everyone turned and the, and everyone just stared at you and you were like, sorry. <laughs> I was, everybody's just looking at me and I was like, oh, that was loud. That, was yeah. loud. <laughs> that made an impression because I was like, the weird new kid just threw a calculator at the oh wall. Oh my God. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> the weird new kid. Oh. Yeah. Well, speaking of being weird mm. slash silly... Uh, and linking back into what we talked about earlier yeah. with phobias or just general mm. fears, I looked online to find some of the more interesting or out there ones. Right. So I've got a few here. I'm going to run these past you two and see who can get the closest to what they actually are just based off the name. Okay, go for it. Okay, so the first one we have, sorry if I mess up any of the pronunciations, yeah. is papaphobia. Paper? Spelt P A P A P H O B. Definitely not daddy issues because I feel like that's too, <laughs> too obvious. obvious. Mm-hmm. So your guess with paper. Yeah. Okay, Asia. Father. Grandfather issues. <laughs> Father is, in a way, sort of correct, but probably not the way you're thinking. Ah. It's the fear of the Pope. Oh, Pope? <laughs> yes. I'm not going to be able to pronounce this one, am I? Arachibutriophobia. Uh, I'll give spiders you in your foot. Nothing to do with spiders, and you're definitely not going to be able to guess it. Those are my two hints. Oh, well, that's not really a hint. Fear of coats. Okay. Fear of not able to, and uh, not being able to guess things. I don't know. Wrong, although that would be very meta. Oh. No, it's very obviously the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. 
That's a classic one, guys. Oh, that's Come so on, have you never, yeah. you never heard of that? No, that's actually annoying. I would hate that. That's actually a yeah. <laughs> yeah oh my god, she she has a racket butriophobia. Oh, you yeah. heard it here first, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's there's deep nophobia or deep nophobia. It's D E I P N O phobia. Deep water diving. Nope. Diapers? It's uh, the fear of dinner parties. Oh my god! So social sort of, anxiety. Yeah, there's very specifically dinner parties, I guess. Just dinner parties. In in line with that, you have pentherophobia. Pentagons. Sort of Honeycomb. Oh no, that's hexagons. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, the fear of your mother-in-law. Oh, that is a <laughs> that is understandable in some cases, yeah. And then I'll I'll leave it with with one more, which is my personal favourite, yeah. which is anata. How let me get this. Anatidiphobia, anatidiphobia. The fear of being bad at anatomy and your girlfriend laughing at you. That is very specific, and I don't know where you're getting that from. Uh, He's actually not that bad, guys. Aisha's just being a stuck up. No, medic. I am that bad. For the record, I am awful at biology. It was my worst. Oh, he's topic. just being modest. I really am not. Um, <laughs> no, I'm trying to save you here. What are you trying to do? No, I'm being honest here. Um, so yeah, that one is the fear that somewhere a duck is watching you. Oh, that's Shweta. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my favourite one. That's Shweta. Shweta, do you not know? Mm. Amina has a video of Shweta actually running away from a duck. Oh. <laughs> no, but like, um, talking of silly fears, I actually came across this like in med school. Um, it's called, uh, okay, let's see if you can guess it. Hippopotamonstrosic. Mm. Quip the allophobia. Yeah. I know this one. I won't ruin it. It's I'll, I'll, the hint is it's ironic, and the person who named it is evil. It's evil. Isn't it, it is. It? It oh, is I evil. know this one. It's yeah. the fear of long words. Yeah, yeah, it's the longest one ever, and they're like, "Oh, fear of long words." Yeah, like, <laughs> they, you could tell the person that was like rubbing their hands together, doing like an evil villain oh, laugh. Imagine, imagine they go to a psychiatrist, and then the psychiatrist, yeah. goes, "What phobia do you have?" And they're like, "No, what's <laughs> I can't. I can't say it. <laughs> That's the fear. <laughs> That's actually evil. The person's evil mm. who claimed it. I heard there's one similar, like, an ironic one. I don't think it's official. It's like sort of been, like, this is what it's like generally known as. Yeah. Uh, I think the fear of palindromes is ibophobia, oh. which is a palindrome, obviously. Wow. Yeah. These people are. <laughs> Wait, how is that abophobia? Oh. Yeah, it must be my Again, I imagine I'm pronouncing like no, no, no. most I'm just, of these I'm just wrong, trying to spell but... it out. Like... Yeah. Uh, that, that's pretty cool. I mean, not cool. That's evil. <laughs> that's actually evil. <laughs> I mean, but uh, apologies if anyone listening does have a fear. Who has a fear of palindromes? Like, that's a real irrational fear right there. Yeah, but we can't. <laughs> we can't. We can't judge people on their fears either. That's true. Well, that's yeah. That's very true. <laughs> Comes from like how their brains are probably like connected differently. Mm-hmm. Like they can't help what they're afraid of. And also, like with what I know, uh, sometimes like. Um, there's people do hypnosis and they find out some of the fears stem from their past life experience. Mm. So the person who had the fear of knives, I, I think she was like hypn- hypnotized. Yeah. And um, apparently her husband in her past life was killed in front of her by someone stabbing her. So from since then, she's scared of knives. Wow. Someone in a past life, she believes that truly. Uh, maybe with ibophobia, someone got Assaulted by a palindrome. <laughs> assaulted by a palindrome. You never know. Or, or they got kidnapped and like their kidnapper was like, if you can solve this palindrome... Oh. No, if you can solve this riddle that's written in palindrome... Palid- what's the name? Palindrome. Palindromes. 
then you can escape. And then oh. they didn't, and then they died. And yeah, that's the That's piece. true. And like, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't put it past like some weirdo serial killers, like leave hints to the police <laughs> and like palindrome sentences or something. Oh, and like someone worked on that case and they never caught the palindrome killer or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, if Asia does kill somebody. Um... If Asia, if we find no, if I end up dead and there's a note on my body in a palindrome, we have well, our prime suspects. Now I'm just not going to do that. Well, you, you should, because then you can blame it on Niv. <laughs> you can be like, oh, look, they said I would do it, and she did it to put the blame on me. But now talking about this, maybe we won't. Or maybe that's a double-double bluff. Jesus. Or a double-double-double <laughs> bluff. I have a fear of bluffing. Okay. Did you have any weird fears when you were a child? Um, I had this one thing, which isn't really like... A fear, I called it a fear, it wasn't really. So basically when I was younger, and, and still a little bit now, but not nearly as much, I really hated things like being on me or like sticking to me. So stickers like, you know, because kids love stickers in general, they'd have them all the time in school. I was, they made me so uncomfortable and I hated them being near me or on me or anything like that. Just the idea of them like sticking to the floor and getting all dirty and hard, it's like, oh, it disgusted <laughs> me. But I like didn't know how to express that as a child so I was pretty young I was like in primary school so I said oh I'm, I'm thinking I'm scared of stickers which the natural response obviously is like what the hell are you talking about that's hilarious and it sort of just like caught on it was a bit a joke with me like oh Isaac yeah he's that weirdo who's scared of stickers and I think growing up even when I wasn't as bad around them like that was like a weird unique thing about me that I sort of like said, oh, okay that's like a personality trait of mine even though it really yeah. wasn't and I sort of like looking back used it probably more attention than actually was legitimate uh like discomfort also like when like you going through school and even uni and like throughout jobs and like everything people always ask you oh tell me like some interesting facts about yourself yes. you always need to have like something so like i feel like that's a good yeah um, I feel like it's have. one that i'm not going to say now like in the workshop <laughs> say, oh tell me an interesting yeah. fact about yourself i'm scared of stickers why did we hire this guy? <laughs> um, I feel like it could but, yeah. be funny. Like, it's like an interesting it. anecdote, right? Mm. It's perfect to say on a podcast, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> right, dude, I did any of you guys have like weird fears as a kid? Oh, actually, I did. Um, I w- had this irrational fear that whenever I couldn't, whenever like my parents left me in the car and like went to pick something up in the supermarket or something, or like just nip to whatever the post office or something. Um, I had this fear that the ground would just open beneath them and that they would like never come back because they would be lost in this void that had opened up and swallowed them. Oh, and Jesus. That's actually and, the best part. Yeah. And every time I was like in alone in the car, I would just like, why are they taking so long? Because the ground swallowed them up today. And I think oh. I remember once um, Amina was in the car with me and she was really young and I was like, I actually started crying because my Aww. my mum and my dad was like, taken so long. I was like, oh my God, it's actually happened. Like I've willed it into existence. I started crying. And Amina was like, Asia, why are you crying? They're like in the co-op getting bread. Like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How old were you at this point? Like 18. <laughs> oh, I would not be surprised. <laughs> no, I was, it was young. Like, I think mm. my parents were still together. And yeah, so young. Mm. That, that sort of reminded me. Like, it isn't really a fear. It's something that made me more cautious about touching things, and that also came when I was alone in the car. Mm. So I can't remember. We were parked somewhere, 
my parents were out of the car and I said, hey, do you mind if I, like, stay in the car and pretend to drive it? Because that would be a really cool idea. Mm. Um, I think all kids have, like, wanted to pretend they could, like, drive a car. Um, And so I was, like, playing with the wheel, like, pushing all the buttons. The engine was obviously off. Uh, However, it was one of those older models which had a cigarette lighter. And young Isaac did not know what a cigarette lighter was. He saw, ooh, that's a fun button to stick my finger into. Uh, and stick my finger into it I did and the doors were locked and my parents were inside the house and I was out in the car and I was there screaming for about half an hour (laughs) and after that I was very cautious about touching random things I mean that's good it's a good learning lesson it it is a good looking back it's a good learning lesson not to just you know stick your fingers in everything but do you know the song Dumb Ways to Die yes that's a candidate <laughs> that would that would have been me, yeah. You're that dumb way to die. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that would be my dumb way to die. That's nothing. What would like your guys' dumb way to die be? Do you think? Paying <laughs> three hundred pounds for cuckoo and my mom kills me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, we were all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came to visit me at university, and it was Asia's birthday. So on this website, I'm not going to mention what. Well, maybe I should. Yeah. Begins with K, ends with a hoot. <laughs> it's good hoot, guys. Um, I made a quiz for Asia. So I was like, oh, let's do this. And something happened. And I just paid £300. I don't know how it happened. It was like a free trial or something. And they took £300 on Kahoot. They gave the money back, but... <laughs> yeah, not, it was not a Well, yeah, it was like had to send an email out yeah. and their, their, their policy like we don't give refunds everyone was freaking out like, like we looked online we tried to like find examples everyone said they wouldn't give the money back or yeah. someone said they gave part of it back it was just like not <laughs> not the, the fun experience that you want no. when you go down to visit your friends at uni <laughs> but we got through it guys you know I was very brave through it all um, yep but despite all. my pessimism yeah <laughs> despite Isaac he was scaring me he was like you don't get the money back <laughs> then he's so seriously as well like you just like you just want to believe he's him. like I gotta this be honest with you good. it isn't looking good Nib. I gotta be honest with you <laughs> you put on like your your like I don't know your work kind of yeah. tax voice. Yes, my yes. tax voice. Yeah, your tax voice, and like it's just. I like how my my just serious voice is now a tax voice. <laughs> it was like professional. You know what? I, I just gotta be honest with you. Detached. It was like detached. <laughs> Emotionless, like Emotionless, a robot. Yeah. <laughs> um, what would Asia's dumb way to die be? I'm not very dumb. Huh? <laughs> 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 Oh, well, well, I have one, but I'm not going to say it, okay, because I feel like some things are just private. I'm just going to say, Asia will die just being reckless sometimes, taking stupid risks that her mother oh. will lecture me for, okay. for supporting her. Um, she's quite reckless. I think uh, she trusts herself more. I think she would die because of that. Because I trust myself. You, you, you think, oh, I'm so strong. Nothing's going to happen to me. Nothing's going to break me. You're kind of like that when it comes to other people or like when it comes to the outside society or world i don't think so i think you're taking one specific example that you've got in your head and you're like twisting my whole personality towards it when it was like a freak occurrence maybe your dumb way to die would be drowning in books like you get so many books that you never actually read you just have an infinite wish list that piles up <laughs> and it like falls over and knocks yeah. you i mean you do have safety hazards in your house like what? like a certain uh, curtain rail that falls down and hits people on their heads. Yeah, so the other day, my um, 
Isaac was looking out of my window and the curtain pole fell on his head. Um, it was very and she funny. Laughed. And she laughed. Another trait of Asia that's psychopathic. Just saying, like... It was very funny. Anyone would have laughed. I will admit, it was hilarious. But you also, were laughing too. Yes, it was funny. But also, she did know that there was a high chance it could fall off because she knew it was No, it's never, it had never fallen off before. After it happened, you're like, oh yeah, by the way, it's really shaky and it falls off easily or something. Words to that, that I extent. I said like, it's not actually attached. Like, it's a pressure yeah. hole. And like, you know, like at this point, where like, um, you become stubborn as well. She, she'd be like, right miss i'm doing it with or without your consent so like you either help me or you don't but i'm doing it and then at this point i'm just like i'd rather help her because she's gonna do it alone and that's how she conscripted you into her bank heist <laughs> yeah she would do no, asia right she is not have i told you this isaac she literally Maybe. when i'm in I, i'd be in keel right mm-hmm. i'd be far away and i get one line message like Asia is literally the best person to write one-line horror stories. She literally sent me huh? one message. Oh, by the way, I'm going to get a hysterectomy. And that's it. Full stop. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, I might uh, lose my place in medical school. Full stop. That's all she puts. And then I'm like, what the hell? When I see that message, I call her. And then she tells me the backstory. But then I just see that one line popping up. And I'm like, what the yeah, hell? Yeah, I think I've experienced that as well, to be really? honest. Really? Like what? Yeah. Uh, private conversations that uh, okay. <laughs> no, I won't talk about on the podcast, but I I have seen the one line statement, and then you go, oh god, oh god, what's the what's the history behind this? What's yeah, the what what's the what's going on here? Am I need to ask more. Like, she literally, it, it, I'm like, what the, what goes on in her head? She just, you know what? I'm just gonna put this. Like, it just like expects everyone to understand the meaning behind it. Oh no, I just want a reaction. Oh, so you do it intentionally? <laughs> Obviously. Or, or I think she's just wow. quite... Uh, she's just quite lazy. She's like, you know what? This person's going to call me anyway, so I'm just going to watch it online. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> okay, to end on a fun, fun note, because this has been quite a scary episode. Um, who's the scariest Disney villain, do you think? Ooh. Oh. I like that question. Right, I might have to... This is an important question. I have to uh-huh. think about this. So I've never actually seen... The Hunchback of Notre Dame, like the film. Yeah. But I've seen some like scenes with the villain, um, Claude Frollo, I think that's his name. Mm. Um, and like, I think he's really scary to me because he's quite a human villain. A lot of like Disney villains are like these exaggerated monsters or creatures, but he's like a horrible, evil person. But you could imagine a person like this existing, and that's what's really terrifying because he's like. That's got this twisted, warped version of like, there's this uh, girl, this gypsy, who he like, he's trying to kill all these gypsies, um, and she like he sees her dancing, and he becomes like, obsessed with her, and like, he starts burning down Paris to get oh, to her, yeah. and it's like this twisted obsession that is so human that it's like oh, yeah. it's like really that that is what's scary. I'm not like it's the fact that he's yeah he's just a man. Like if it came to, like a fight between him and like Scar from the Lion King, obviously he'd be. Mm killed instantly it's not his physicality that's scary it's just the ideas of this could happen like people in power being this twisted and this like perverse and like this sort of like this set of power going to the head it's like something i could actually see happening and that's what was scary about it for me yeah i actually see that i can see that and it just like 
kind of tells you someone who you trust so deeply and then the turning it's like the people oh, who can yeah. hurt you the most are the people who you love absolutely so yeah. mother and even like um in frozen um who's the Han. guy prince hans like yeah. who she loves and then he turns back and lets her die it's the people who you love and then they just turn back and hurt you the most mm. i think um one of the most disgusting villains ever is the one um um what's that guy's name from beauty and the beast Oh, uh, Gaston. Oh. Gaston. Gaston, yeah. That guy just gets on my nerves. <laughs> I can't so imagine much. why. Seems like a pretty reasonable, approachable guy. Like, you want to have a beer with, with Gaston in Gaston, the pub. The sexist, stupid guy. <laughs> and also, like, even when... The thing is, you know when Belle's, like, protesting, saying, oh, the Beast is actually a good guy, I love the Beast. Mm. And then this guy, Gaston's, like, bringing up the whole village to burn him down. And, mm. and that helplessness, I guess, he mm. just uses it. Um, that plays against you for you. Gaston, worst mm. one. He did have a good song, though, you got to admit. Oh, Gaston, Gaston. <laughs> I'm determined to turn this podcast into a <laughs> Disney scene podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, there's actually a post I quite like. Um, you know when uh, Disney movies kind of give perspective of the villains? Mm-hmm. Look at it from their perspective. I quite like that. Like Megamind, when they completely oh, change yeah. the story. I love it. And also um, Maleficent. Cr- Oh, oh Maleficent. And Cruella, yeah. Cruella. Mm. I love movies like that because you're you're kind of like forced to see from like one angle, mm. but the villain's kind of the villain because of something. You know? yeah, some of the best villains are ones that you can like understand and like empathise with their motive. Yeah. Like you know what they're doing is wrong, like objectively, but you can see like, oh, I know why they're doing it. it makes them way more of a relatable character than just some like evil villain sitting in my lair going aha the hero has foiled my plans again like that's not a real yeah. character you can relate Ooh, to like um thanos um we discussed this in one of our podcast <laughs> episodes was thanos right nice plug again <laughs> she's just free marketing yeah. <laughs> i think that's one of the good fear to end on the fear of being misunderstood oh yeah that is a good one Oh, yeah, I like that. you know when Disney Descendants, the Descendants of Villains, they sing a song. Yeah. Um, and one of the lines is like, so the line goes, they think I'm callous, a low-life hood. I feel so useless, misunderstood. And you just feel so sad because like all of them are misunderstood. Yeah, like mm. they have so many talents and they're just like prejudiced because of their parents. And like they're seen as villains for things that they can't even control. Well, not not just because of their parents, because they kind of, involve in like yeah yeah that's why i say you always give another like that's why asia always says i have the worst taste in france well i give people chances because you never know did i just win that debate asia no i'm i'm talking about like i'm talking about people are misunderstood when they're judged for something they can't control but when you you can't control their opinions they're taught that no, you can control your opinions. You're, when you're constantly taught something no. for so long. Okay, this is something we disagree on, so okay. let's just... Yeah, yeah. That's another topic. Yeah. <laughs> so, before ending, do you want to end on that song, Isaac? <laughs> this, is like, this is a Halloween October song, you Yeah, guys. but Come this is now. nice for a fear, like, a fear podcast. Go on. Okay, fine. Spooky, scary skeletons send shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul, seal your doom tonight. Cause spooky, scary skeletons, they speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. (laughs) 
You have been listening to Reasoning with Prejudice with Asia, Manasi, and Niv. And that's a wrap. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs>